Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was in Dixon with me in like 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was a Plumbo. Ed Plumbo. I've heard the name Palumbo. Yeah, Ed Palumbo. Yeah. Ronnie Wright was another one. Uh-huh. And Bruce Rowland was another one. Uh-huh. That all got time cuts or, you know. They all testified against Jay. They all testified against him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh. Now, do you, you know for a fact they got time cuts for it? Oh, I know for a fact because that was, yeah, that Bill, I seen him and uh, Dixon, and he told me about it, you know. At first, he was scared because he thought, you know, I was going to do something to him. Right. Because he knew me and Jamie Snow grew up together. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, yeah, Palumbo got one. Ronnie Wright, he got one, and then boogied. And Bruce Rollins in, Flo- in Florida, he's another one that, that submitted that, you know, they gave him time cuts. Did you ever want the arrest for a murder of William Moore? Who was the gas attendant? But you're wrong. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Over a dozen people testified at Jamie Snow's trial, stating that Jamie had confessed to them that he had killed Bill Little. Many of these witnesses were what we often refer to as jailhouse snitches. Men serving time in prison who claim to the jury that they are sharing what they know simply because they want to do the right thing. But the reality is that in most cases, doing the right thing has nothing to do with the reason that these men agree to testify. There's a code in prison, and snitching is a good way to get yourself killed. There are two very basic and simple reasons that a prisoner will testify against another prisoner, and both have to do with self-preservation. Number one is to get a deal, plain and simple. I'll say anything you want me to say if you just cut my sentence. And then number two is being under the duress of a threat by the state. Say what we want you to say, or we're going to give you more time. In either case, what it really comes down to is a trading of lives. And regardless of what you see on TV, in most instances, people will choose their own lives over someone else's. Which is exactly what happened in Jamie's case with state's witness, Ed Palumbo. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to the dish and hello to Sky Stream, the new way to get Sky over Wi-Fi. So you can get unmissable Sky shows like The Last of Us and Succession, as well as Netflix and Discovery Plus, and loads more, all in one subscription for £26 a month. Oh, and next day delivery with no upfront fee. Sky Stream, TV simplified. Head to sky.com. Requires Sky Stream and broadband minimum speed, 10 megabits per second, 18-month minimum term. Cut-off times apply for next day delivery. Excludes bank holiday, 18 plus, terms apply. Ed Palumbo was a friend of Jamie's. In the spring of 1991, both of them had their own problems with the law. Jamie was a prime suspect in the Freedom Oil armed robbery, and Ed was a prime suspect in a bus station robbery. As the story goes, on April 2nd, just a day after Bill Little was killed, 
Jamie and his wife Tammy are riding in a car when they come across Ed driving in the other direction. They stop next to each other and have a short conversation. According to Tammy Snow in her grand jury testimony, she recalls Jamie asking Ed if he was going to read about him in the paper, assuming that Jamie was referring to the bus station robbery. But according to Ed, at Jamie's trial, Jamie said, did you read about me in the paper, referring to Bill Little's murder? The timeline goes something like this. Bill Little is killed on Easter Sunday, March 31st, 1991. On April 2nd, that's less than two days later, Ed is brought into the police department for questioning regarding the bus station robbery. During this interview, Ed admits to police that he was the driver in that crime. Now, keep that date handy, April 2nd, because later that becomes the date that Jamie supposedly confessed to Ed in front of his own wife. Moving forward, on April 16th, Ed is nowhere to be found. Police are looking for him to arrest him for the bus station robbery, and this is when an unknown person is interviewed by police. The name on the report is redacted, but the person tells police, now wait for it, that Ed has been spending time with Detective Rick Barkas's wife while he was on the run. The informant tells police that Ed and his girlfriend, Shannon Schmidt, were actually at the Barkas's house having dinner on Easter Sunday, the night Bill was killed. The report says that Ed had actually been hanging out with Detective Barkas's wife, Julie, four to five times during the week that he'd been on the run. Then the next day, Ed is finally interviewed at the McLean County Jail. Apparently, he was also a suspect in a rash of fertilizer burglaries. During that interview, police ask him why he and Shannon haven't gotten married, and Ed replies that they can't now because all of their money has to go to, quote, the fucking lawyers. What Ed doesn't say in that April 17th interview is anything about Jamie Snow confessing to him in the car two weeks prior. That doesn't come up until five days later when Ed's girlfriend Shannon is interviewed on the 23rd of April. In that interview, Shannon tells police that Ed had told her about an encounter that he had had with Jamie on April 2nd, the day that Ed was in the police station being interviewed. Now, it's important to note here that she tells police that she wasn't there when the conversation happened. Ed just told her about it later. But that changed by the time trial rolled around nine years later. On the 25th of April, Ed Palumbo was finally arrested for the armed robbery. After Ed's girlfriend told police that the guy who's been hanging around Detective Barkas's wife had heard Jamie Snow confess to Bill Little's murder. Then, on May 9th, something strange happens. Ed's attorney, Mike Barford, gives the police permission to question Ed without him being present. And during this interview, with no lawyer in the room, Ed tries to redirect the police towards Jamie Snow. According to the reports, Ed tells police that Jamie was involved in a number of armed robberies, including the bus station robbery that Ed had already confessed to. He writes an eight-page statement, and in that statement, he says that there had been a time where he saw Jamie, Tammy, and another person in a blue Pinto driving down the road. Jamie supposedly asked him if he has any pot. Ed says no. Then, supposedly, Jamie asks, quote, did you hear about the kid I shot at the Clark station? Ed says no, and Jamie says, quote, have gun, go off, kid dies, end quote. Ed then says that he just drove away. As the story moves along, we find another mention of Palumbo in Jamie's case in the 1993 memo from Detective Katz that I mentioned a couple weeks ago during the Luna episode. In that episode about Carlos Luna, we covered the portion where Katz was trying to convince the unknown officer of Luna's strength as a witness. But he also addresses Palumbo. Again, this is new evidence that was discovered after the trial. This is the unknown officer's response to Katz's mention of the Ed Palumbo lead. Quote, I put very little credence in the Palumbo lead. As we found out later, Mr. Palumbo had a hidden agenda. We checked this lead as far as it would go. We tried talking to Snow's wife, sister, and redacted. We got nowhere. Palumbo has told us lately to go fly a kite. We know that Shannon Schmidt is not the only girlfriend that Palumbo had at this time. He was in McLean County Jail because my task force put him there. He was in on an armed robbery charge. 
He and Snow had held up the Freedom Gas Station just two blocks north of the Clark Station. Palumbo had also done the Bloomington Bus Depot armed robbery. The witness against Snow, saying he was in on the Freedom Oil robbery, took off and the charges were dropped. This left Palumbo holding the bag, sitting in jail on the bus station armed robbery. Add this to the fact that he was doing a policeman's wife, and ask yourself, did he have reason to mislead the police, and did he have reason to be mad at Snow, who was now free for doing the same thing he was doing? Would it be great if he could get the police to arrest Snow on a murder rap? I certainly asked myself these questions, and so did the task force that was working the case when this lead was hot, and I'm sure a defense attorney would ask the same. He would mislead the police and get even with Snow at the same time. I'm very, very cautious of this lead. End quote. Then as the memo goes on, in response to Katz mentioning Palumbo's girlfriend, Shannon Schmidt, the officer responded, quote, Shannon Schmidt is nothing without Palumbo. Hers is merely parroting Palumbo and total hearsay. End quote. The officer is absolutely correct. Shannon's statement is complete hearsay, at least the way she told the story originally, that Ed came home and told her about what Jamie had said. Luckily for Katz and the prosecution, by trial, Shannon was actually in the car with Ed when the conversation took place. Shannon is a whole other story, and her evolution is just another example of the lengths the state went to in order to convict Jamie. This is a short portion of Shannon's 1999 interview with police. This is eight years after she had originally told police that Ed had told her about his encounter with Jamie, not that she was there with him. He told me he came to an intersection on Morris Avenue and saw Jamie Snow. And Snow asked him if he saw his picture in the paper that morning. And then Ed said that Jamie said the gun went off and the kid died. Now, when you said that morning, when was that? It was the day after the shooting happened. Okay, so the shooting happened, happened March 31st, 1991. So the next day would have been? April 1st. Of 1991. Now, were you at that at the time this conversation took place? No. Where were you at? I was probably at home. So that's 1999 now. She was still not with Ed when he encountered Jamie. Now here she is less than two years later at Jamie's trial. From the transcript. State's Attorney Charlie Reynard. Do you recall having some contact with Jamie Snow that day? Shannon. Yes. We passed him in the car. And then she goes on to testify, quote, They recognized each other and kind of slowly rolled through the intersection and stopped and conversed. Reynard, Okay, did you hear the entirety of the conversation between Ed and Jamie Snow? No. Did you hear any portion of the conversation? I heard one word. And what was that word? Paper. Listeners keep asking me how Jamie could possibly have been convicted. Well, this is how. Everyone is lying. Every single witness that we have covered to date has the same evolution to their stories. It's like a broken record week after week. They give a statement to police in 91, maybe a follow-up statement in 93 or 94. Then Katz and Barkas take over in 1999. They repeat their initial statement or some version of it. Then Charlie Raynard and Tina Griffin take the case to trial. And all of the stories change to fit neatly into the state's case none of which actually resemble the original statement they had given nine years earlier. Oh, also, there's one thing I forgot to mention. That tape you just heard, where Shannon told Katz and Barkas that she was not with Ed in the car, that wasn't turned over to the defense. It was discovered again after the trial. As you might have guessed already, Ed Palumbo did testify at Jamie's trial. He told the story that he had told police while he was in custody years before. Ed was in prison at the time of Jamie's trial and was just weeks away from being released. And he was actually one of the most convincing confession witnesses because his story was corroborated by Susan Schmidt. He said Susan was in the car when he heard the conversation, and then Susan testified that she was indeed in the car and she did indeed witness the conversation. Most of the witnesses didn't have that. 
But years after Jamie's conviction, Ed did his best to set the record straight. To date, he has written two affidavits stating that he testified because he was trying to get a deal for himself, and he also revealed his, what he called, relationship with Detective Barkas's wife, Julie. And on top of that, Ed has also written a letter to the governor of Illinois on Jamie's behalf. So as I read through all of Palumbo's police reports, trial testimony, and affidavits, I became more and more confused. If this guy had the integrity to admit what he did through these affidavits and letter to the governor, then why did he testify against Jamie to begin with? I knew that the only way I would ever find the answer to that question was to talk to Ed. So that's exactly what I did. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was able to connect with Ed on the phone about two weeks ago. I was hoping to convince him to record an interview with me. Ed agreed, but he didn't want to do it over the phone. So this Tuesday, I packed up my mobile recording equipment and made the three-hour drive to Rockford, Illinois. When I arrived at Ed's house, I found him standing on his front porch smoking. He greeted me with a friendly smile and a handshake and asked me to follow him back to his pole barn. He said that he can't smoke inside the house. I obliged, and as we walked towards the backyard, I got a whiff of Ed's smoke. It had a skunky smell to it. There was no Marlboro. Ed and I stepped into the barn and sat down on lawn chairs. It was obvious from their position that this was Ed's usual hangout, his kind of man cave. So Ed smoked his joint and he offered me a beer, which I graciously accepted, and we started chatting. No microphones at this point. We just talked about life and the kick-ass motorcycle parked right next to me, a custom-built purple chopper that Ed had built himself. As I finished my Heineken, ready to head inside to record the interview, Ed lit up a second joint. He was obviously not quite ready to record, so I sat tight while he burned it down. We chatted a little more, and then Ed grabbed a third joint from the back of his boat that was parked in the barn. He had them pre-rolled and ready for smoking. So then finally, after Palumbo had finished chain-smoking three marijuana cigarettes, we were finally ready to head inside the house to record the interview. This is what Ed Palumbo had to say. A big part of it is people think if if they come forward and admit that they, they lied. Or, or, I mean, the statute of limitations should be up on perjury or anything like that. But people think there's going to be some kind of, you know, retribution or people are going to think they're horrible or they're terrible. So just, just hearing how the police treated you and the circumstances you were put in, I think, hopefully, because I'm sure the same thing happened to, to other people too. Oh, and I don't know about them, but I, I think I had to. Kind of like, you might say, the inside scoop. You know what I mean? I was hearing both sides of the story. What they what they were doing and how big of trouble I was in. Mm-hmm. I got a, you know, they had to swoop down on me one time. Who did? The police looking for me. Because I ran off, you know, I, I ran off. About the, and it was regarding this case? Uh, this this case, I never really knew, Bob, because I was, they were trying to charge me with this case. Really? Yeah. So, so I, I hit record there and I say, say no. Yeah, they, they did. So I, I guess that's a good place to start because I didn't know that. What, that's what I heard. That they were trying to charge you with it? Yeah, but I was, I was, uh, it was Easter and I was eating dinner with Julie and Rick Marcus. Which is super interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I didn't know that until, but, I mean, 
I was, you know, definitely being, you know, they were probably shooing me in for that. So were you with Rick Barkas when he got called out to the scene? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. No, I don't think so. But you guys, you guys, was it just you or was it you and, uh, Shannon, Shannon. Yeah. Were you and Shannon both there at the Barkas or just you? I, no, I'm probably, she was probably there too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really, I, I'm really sure. So you, how did you know? Let's start with Rick. I met Rick through, uh, Julie. Okay. How'd you know Julie? Uh, she was a crisis worker. She was a social worker when I was in, uh, jail. Okay. And you guys got to be friendly? Yeah. Okay. Right off the, right off the bat, the fact that Rick Barkas had a relationship with you. Oh, he didn't have no relationship with me. He just had a relationship with Julie, his wife. Mm-hmm. And that's where she had an interest in helping me by giving me jobs and working for her. Right. And I would, uh, she, we were a friend, you know, she was a friend, so that he didn't like that. So he, there was no relationship with me and him. Was that true? He, anything in- he did, he did to please her. So she, he wouldn't have to hear her bitching. So was that the case even back in 90, on Easter 91, you're at their house with Rick? Yeah, of course. He didn't invite me. She invited you. Oh, yeah. So there was never much. Did you know that he didn't like you at the time? Oh, yeah. So it was just kind of, we pretend to get along. Yeah. So that's, that, and, and I don't know how much of that you want to get into, but the fact that just alone, the fact that you're friends with Rick Barkas's wife, you're eating Easter dinner. Conflict of in, in, interest with him being in, supposedly saying he was in charge of the case. Right. And able to relieve him of his, that, I mean, they, they had an investigation even before they arrested me. It, it, are you talking about, you're talking about your armed robbery charge? Yeah, they were trying. They, I don't think they could, they could charge me with anything because of that Mike Canelli. When I got locked up, I talked to Mike Canelli when we went into the rec room and he said he was getting ready to take a plea and shit. And so that's when I was able to, when I went to court, they, I was able to file a motion to suppress the statement that I, I'd written, which is Rick Marcus basically the beginning of all this where Rick Barkas pulled me in for all that and basically said, you know, that they had me on the arm robbery and this and that. And, and uh, I, I basically didn't uh, deny it for six and a half hours. And I never, I said there was 10 or 11 cars that were just like mine. And this is for the bus station robbery, yeah. not the William Little homicide. Yeah. And the bus station robbery, was it the same night? I don't know. It was close to it, I think, because it was all happening right around the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a bunch of armed robberies happening at, at that point, you know, like uh, with the SNS murders and stuff like that going on. Right. So the the bus station robber, you got arrested for that. Was that right in April? That I, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but yeah, I got arrested for that. That's when I filed that motion to suppress. Yeah, because according to the police report, it looked and like Jamie you confessed. And Jamie Snow at that time said that I had, he thought I might have told on him. I said, man, I, I didn't. When I got questioned about Jamie Snow at that time, being pull, pulled in about being arrested, you know, by Marcus and questioned and shit, I said, I said, shit, he don't, he don't have the balls to do it. And I mean, I, I was honest and I always said that over and over and over to people was just, he didn't do that because he's not into that. You know, he's why. And then they, they didn't, you know, at the end of it, like I told you, Reiner said that he didn't, he didn't care one way or another. The prosecutor, Charles Reiner. Yep. So uh, I'm looking at, I have, I've made some notes just some timeline stuff for my own knowledge. So it was April 2nd, 91. So that's the day after or two days after. Bill was killed late at night on the 31st of March. Okay. So there was the first. The second is that was when you interviewed with Barkas, and the reports say that you confessed to driving in the 
um, the bus station robbery. Whoa. Yeah, it it, it basically well, says say that, that it basically says that at that point you you admit and that was the statement that you were trying to have suppressed later. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. And I, and yeah, I wanna... they, why would they have to drop that later? You think they just drop something like that if I admitted to driving? Right. But what's interesting huh. is even that case. So March 31st, and I don't even want to get into that case. Right. March 31st, you're sitting at Rick Barkas's house having Easter dinner with him. Yeah. April 2nd, he's interviewing you for an armed robbery. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a problem with that. And then he let me, then he let me go that night because he said that Julie would never let him uh, forgive him if he didn't bring me home safely. And he let him back. I was thanking God that I went home. I don't know how, but that's when I disappeared, you know. And then we, I went on a run and all that. Uh huh. And then he swooped down on me on that, at my buddy's house, my friend's house. So that night they asked you about J- uh, Jamie and the the Clark station. Yeah. And at that time, because ultimately it, before this part airs, I'm going to explain kind of the history of stuff. But, you know, at trial, you testified that Jamie runs into you in the car or, you know, stops in the car. And he says, boom, boom, gun goes off, kid dies. Right. So. You didn't say anything about that here on the second, that first interview. That was the one where you just told him that you didn't think Jamie had the guts to do that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I said that before. He didn't, he didn't have nothing to do with that. I would have remembered the time or he would have said something about, uh, I, I just didn't think that he had the balls to do that kind of stuff. And then the funny part was when that happened, when he stopped me, I was the only person that said that because the one cop said to me they knew I was lying because he had said something to somebody else about uh, killing the kid. Explain that. So they they, they told they told you that he had confessed to someone else. Uh, he says it ain't no you know it ain't no big deal. You're 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 you know not the only person that said that he done killed. And I didn't believe even then that Jamie Snow was in the bars talking like that. I mm-hmm. didn't believe that. No way. I know better than that. I know Jamie is not a big drinker. He didn't He didn't drink hardly at all. So wh- when was it when you first told police about Jamie saying that, that he, he told you at the intersection the whole boom, boom, gun goes off, kids dies? It was that year I'm looking at, so it looks like it was May of that year. Okay. Ed states that he saw Jamie Snow in a blue Ford Pinto with his wife, Tammy and another female, rode alongside of each other. Jamie asked Ed if he could get home, get him some pot. Ed said no. Jamie said, did you hear what I did? Ed said no. Jamie said, did you hear about the kid I shot last night? Have gun, go off, kid dies. So that was... Well, first, let me let me ask. Yeah, you that, where did that statement come from exactly? Did it, is that a statement that I wrote? Says it's a. That's, I mean, when when was that? It's a. So this was. How mi- did that even come up? I just don't understand how that how I even got. The only time when I was questioned about it, I had said that uh, he had said that, but I I couldn't remember exactly how that came to be that I was being confronted with that. It was so. It's, this was May. 9th, 91, so about a, five weeks after. Uh, it was an eight-page statement, but so this is what's weird. It says was I in jail then? I think so. So it says, your attorney, Mike Bradford, Wow. spoke with you. Basically, they your attorney gave the police permission to interview you without him present. Wow. Is what the police reports say. See, I don't remember any of that, you know, but I... I remember the whole thing being shady because the whole, every time, even when I talked, I, I, I'm, I was under a lot of stress, but even when I talked to his attorney, I told the man, you know, that I, I would testify for the defense because I did not believe that, that Jamie Snow had anything to do with that. Well, I guess let me ask you this because I'm, I'm trying to piece together from old reports and the affidavits that you wrote later. 
did Jamie actually say that to you that he killed that that he killed Bill? He didn't say that. What did he say to you? Basically, did he did I read about him? You know that that whole situation. Did you you read about me in the paper? Yep. Last night. So, and you, where are you guys at? Like, like when does this? So, Olive and um, Morris and Olive Street. So, I don't know, somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. Were you guys at an intersection? Did you pull up next to each other? Right before the intersection. And so you guys are hollering across from from car. Did you get out of the car? No. So you're just right next to each other. Park cars. I mean, that's. I've been over there. I mean, that's. I mean, there's there's traffic there. There's cars moving in, right? So you guys couldn't have parked too long, right? Not then. Yeah, you know, my, maybe I misunderstood them. Well, that's what I'm. That's, I mean, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I just, I, I get it, but I I, I, I and maybe I, I I misunderstood them. So, but that was what the as best you remember it. I guess walk me through that as best you remember that incident. Understand? I mean, we both understand it's been 28 years. But you're driving. Do you remember where you were going or what was going on? No. Okay. I was just driving, and I seen him, and I didn't even know that I asked. You know, he asked me for some smoke. I don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a nightmare. All those TV years later, really. <laughs> well, you yeah. I mean, this is 20 years later, and you're still sitting here talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and and then you know who would believe that they would give him all the life in prison? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Who would believe that this hearsay, even telling his own his attorney? You know, I mean, where where's all that stuff at? That's that's when I was saying, hey, and then when I said I didn't know, you know, certain people, you know, that should have let them know that I was. You know, contemplating. You know, I was on no. You know, I was on Jamie's side. Mm-hmm. But the the longer it went on, you know, the more it was like, ooh, you know, this is I can't turn this around. And I wasn't so smart as manipulating the system like I thought. You know, now, you know, I got you know all this time for a burglary, and are they just putting me away for a later date? You know, and I started getting like, what you know. Man, you know, why did I get all this time for a burglary, you know? Right. And then why are they all of a sudden taking him to court right before I get out, you know? Because when they came to me, I said, hey, shit, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. I'm going to jail. Right. I'm going to SEG. And then, you know, when we got to Logan, you know, they just, you know, we know, you know, you want to you know go to SEG till you get out. You know, you don't have to. You get out, you know, you can do the rest of your time, you know, more than, you know, the time you've done. At that point, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it home. You know, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it home mm-hmm. per, you know, people that were hating on me. In the, pr- in the prison? Yeah, yeah. See, I had the power of good and evil, you might say. You know, I had people that loved me. That were saying, man, you know, we don't want to get involved in this bullshit, but you got, you know, it's kind of like, you know, stop sign, go, you know, you know, you could go, no, you know, how personally are best are you, you know? How did you get from what you actually remember, which was you guys pulling up, him saying, did you read about me in the paper? You know, and the, other person that was there that time was was Tammy said she did remember that she told me that she remembered the conversation, but she remembered it the other way around that Jamie was asking you if you read about you in the paper because the bus station robbery was the night before. But whatever whatever that conversation was, one way or the other, I'm not here to figure out you know right. who right. Heard, it, heard it right, who's telling the truth. It don't matter. It went from that to years later, you're testifying at trial that he said. He shot the kid, confessed. It went from Shannon wasn't with you to Shannon. And Shannon's story changed over the years that she was at home and you told her about it to then she was there. There's a lot going on, a lot of stuff. And I told you when we sat down that looking at the record, you look like an asshole. 
Oh. I feel like there's more. And to be clear, too, I mean, afterwards, you came through and you've written two affidavits to try to help Jamie afterwards. Yes. Doing the right thing. So this. But what I want to know, and it's not for. Because these cops, they, they, they definitely didn't do Jamie right. They didn't do Jamie right at all. You know, they, they were shady because they didn't tell the truth when they said that I never believed that he did that. You know, from the beginning, even his own attorney, why didn't his attorney point that out? Why didn't, why didn't, why did we all go to court? Right before I got out of jail. I mean, why was that so significant? It just don't make no well, sense. And that's that's what I'm getting at. I think that was probably strategic. Right. But I want to know what happened with you to go from you telling them, I don't think there's any chance Jamie did it, to testifying that you believed he did do it in court. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What, what happened during that time, whether it's just your own conscious interactions with police, interactions with prosecutors, whatever the case may be, what got you into that position to where you were willing to stand up in court and testify to that? Um, man, I don't know. It, it's, it was a battle. What do you mean by that? A, it was a battle whether I should just totally... I definitely did not want to have anything to do with that shit no more. I thought, I, like I said, I never, ever, ever thought that anything I said would be significant enough to to matter. Why didn't you think it would be significant? Because I never believed that Jamie did that. And I made that perfectly clear to every single person. And why wasn't that significant because they manipulated you know everything around you know not to make myself sound like a an angel but you know i'm no angel but damn you know i was just young and dumb and in love and and i i really honestly thought that this would be like swept under the rug did anyone ever any of the authorities ever tell you that other people had yep. already said Jamie confessed? Yep. Yep. They did. They did. Who told you that? After I went to jail or, or because I had a big problem with uh, uh, Julie was getting uh, breaking up with Marcus mm-hmm. and, and she wanted to go you know, visit me while I was in jail. Mm-hmm. There was a big problem because she worked there. Right. I don't know if you know about that. Uh, but anyway, you know, it was ugly. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I have to ask you, did you and Julie have a romantic relationship? Why is that? I mean, by me not saying anything, I guess it really don't matter after all these years, right? What that matters to me, and I know this, and that's why I say you don't have to answer it, because it's it's, it's personal to you. To me, I'm looking at a systematic corruption. I'm looking at right. motivations of Rick Marcus. Well, let's just put it this way. He had every the most motivation of anyone. He, he hated me. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what he says or what he does now or whatever, he, does, he doesn't like me. Right. He ain't never going to say that he, 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 he's a hater. Once you got arrested for the bus station robbery, they they pretty much distanced him from me then, mm-hmm. because I guess he was in you know charge of that that case where the right. kid with Bill Little's case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after I went to jail in prison, you know he he never was around. So you didn't have any more contact with him after no, that. They made sure of that. Even in 99, when they come back and interview you and you get ready for trial, nothing with Barkas? I never, I don't remember ever seeing him. Who'd you deal with? Was it Katz? Probably one of them. 
Mm-hmm. They're they're manip they're but boy they lie they 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 all they know it. How did it lie to you? Yeah. What they te- what do they do to lie to you? I I I told them I says Jamie didn't do this shit that they didn't care. Mm-hmm. I told them that I would testify to that, and they they didn't care. Are they the ones that told you that other people had already? Yeah, seen? yeah. They said, "Man, you're you this ain't you know nothing." I told them, and then then quit calling me. <laughs> right. know, I don't want to be ridden back here. You know, I don't want to go to the grand jury and mm-hmm. all that shit. I don't want to be involved in this. I'm in I'm in prison. And do you think I want to be, you know, taken out knowing that I'm going to go to court for, to testify against this Jamie kid? You, you know, that don't even make no damn sense. But you did go testify for, and, and that's what I'm curious is why did you, were they offering and you? And I was any? ready to go out. I, 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 I was either do that, you know, they done brought me from the work camp where I was at to, mm-hmm. and put me in seg and told me I was going to Statesville or whatever. Joliet again, and then I ended up going to uh, Logan, and I have they took all my property, held my property to the day I I, I walked out. Never, didn't have no property the whole time I was there. They kept my TV and everything. Was that was that standard procedure? Were they Hell doing no. that to push you into testifying? They they weren't giving me no they weren't going to give me nothing unless I went to court, you know, or or you know they kept that shit to the day I walked out of jail. They would not give it to me. They weren't happy about that shit. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. What What is the pressure? I know. I'll tell you. I've heard from other people that one of their tactics was, "Well, listen, we just need. He's already getting convicted anyway, and they and because everybody else is already doing this, right? And they were offered. Did they ever offer you any any kind of Hell leniency? No, they didn't offer you anything for. It. But I, you know, they always, you know, act like maybe you, know, you know. When I did it, I was already in jail and stuff, basically. I just did it for, like, a visit. Can I see my girlfriend? And, you know, I mean, that's all they did for me. Let you visit. Yeah. Sh- is that Shannon? Yeah. So when they bring you back, that would, they would they would let you see her? Yeah. That's it. They knew they had that. Mm-hmm. Marcus let him right into that. He, he knew that I didn't want to be, you know... I was young and in love, you know. He knew that I was willing to make a deal with the devil in order to stay home, but he already was too smart that he let me out that last time, and I took off. That makes more sense. You've you've said to me several times a day that I was young and in love, but it didn't make sense to you just explained that. So they were playing on that. So I, I guess, and I know I keep coming back to it, but you got to understand the obvious question is when you tell me that you're telling them. If I testify, I'll testify for Jamie. But then when you get on the stand, you didn't. And I can't Well, I mean, find as out. time went by, I, I, I told them, basically, man, they all, every one of them knew, even be, way before I even went to court, they all knew that, I, you know, by then they had, must have gathered all kinds of information. I, I never really knew what the hell they had on him. They didn't have nothing but a bunch of yous. Right. A bunch of guys just like you. Right. And that this that that always baffled me. I was like, "What the hell?" I figured we would be drinking, laughing about this years later. Maybe punch me in the eye or something. I mean, and then you know, I mean, but man, who in my in my wildest dreams? I wish I didn't even realize it. Honest to God, I was like, and you know, it wasn't I didn't think I said anything that spurred spurred it on you know but i don't know man they were they were i know one thing they were trying to clear out that you know armed robberies and blooming to normal mm-hmm. they didn't care who they put in jail and those one people you know came in and took care of you know the people in sns and mm-hmm. they were i don't know what what that was must have been around the same time too they, they i think it was 93 i want or, no, maybe no, it was no. before. It was before. Yeah, it was. It was a couple months before. Yeah, the uh, Clark Station, and maybe that was like the came in and you know like the t- the test tester, you know, 
the SNS. Before they did the, the SNS murders, you know, mm-hmm. the robberies. But they got them. Those guys they got. Yes, they did. But Jamie, I mean, honest to God, I, I thought everything was going to be hearsay, you know. But then, right, I went to court. I figured when someone's fucking with my time and I couldn't get at them and they're, and it's all a bunch of bullshit. Who was fucking with your time? I'm just saying that, you know, when you fuck with my time, I'm going to, you know, fuck with you. Well, my time, you know, I'm getting ready to get out of fucking prison after damn near nine years of prison and people wanted to push it to the limit, you know. What do you mean by that? Try to try to make it where my my time my time got fucked up. Like adding more to it, or adding, putting you in seg and adding more to it, pushing me to do something that you know I might go to prison for the rest of my life for. So, I, I guess maybe I. So I, the question I had was backward before when I asked if they offered you a deal. They didn't, but were no. they threatening you with more time oh, yeah. if you didn't? Yes. Yeah, they they told me that they were going to bring me uh, to court and I could be charged with uh, perjury or uh, what what else? Obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. Not just that. Was that? It's different. Whatever adds up to five more years. Yeah, they probably said they they can they can they can throw an aggravated on the front of anything. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I already know. Aggravated obstruction of justice. Aggravated perjury. Yeah, yeah, all that, all that, you know, and then I, I was thinking five years. I had myself convinced, you know, that I was not going to get out of prison, you know, that I might have to, you know, defend myself, you know, in the wrong circumstances. I mean, I, I don't know. I was in, under a delusion that I might not get out of prison for some reason. So here you sit. Let, let me know if this is a, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is this a fair assessment of the situation that, you're months away from getting out. They bring you in. Weeks. Weeks. Right. right a month. A right. month. You know, really close. And they're telling you, yes. if you don't go testify against Jamie, yep. we're going to hit you with obstruction of justice. If I, don't go to, if I don't go to court. Yeah, yeah. So is that the, the, the answer? The catalyst to- for me, even going... You know, and and I still got went to Seg. They locked me in Seg and shipped me, and then they said they locked you know, in Seg before they didn't the say trial. Shit. They they packed all my shit, uh-huh. and they they said you're going to to court. And I said all my property and shit, and they said, and they told me I was going to Joliet or, or Statesville or whatever the hell it was at that time. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to to Logan or Lincoln. I can't remember which one it was. Where I had talked to some people about my situation, right, and uh, and they never gave you your property back. And that no, yeah, I could. They didn't give me my property or nothing, nothing. So, and I was stuck in the, you know, the the dome. You know what I mean? Well, and I was in the cushy spot. I was in work camp, man. So you were out, were out the camp. camp at the other prison. I was living the dream, man. Mowing every day, mm-hmm. bush hogging. You know, you know, love, love in prison, ready to get out. Right. Next thing you know is, I'm not, you know, going to court for nothing. And they said, "Yes, you are." We're going. And then with that little threat, I, they threw me in seg, and I was on my way. So you were, you were in, you were putting seg in seg. Yeah. Before the trial. Yes. How long were you in seg before the trial? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I mean, we're talking days, weeks, months. Oh shit. Weeks, you know, mm-hmm. but then, you know, no thinking I was going to seg to seg, right? And all because of this, like, I like I want to, you know, be involved in that. I didn't want to be, but I was mad. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm telling, can I win this? You know, turn this around? No. So I, I, I get, and the- that's where the story keeps going over and over and over, kind of like the way they wanted to to go making me the piece of shit the whole time when I really, you know, wasn't that much of a piece of shit because in the beginning I thought, hey, I'm going to turn this around and, you know, the joke's going to be on them, you know? Mm-hmm. In my mind, somehow, <laughs> you know, in that confusion, I actually started believing that 
I might right. just turn this around. But it then it turned out, you know, I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. You know, and then they, you know, turned it around me. Oh, yeah, you know. Well, now you're in SAG. We're taking your shit. Yeah. We're going to give you more time if you don't do Five it. Five more years, you know, for every charge, you know, that every, you know, I don't know, man. All I know is I've done all that time. And then I was just like, oh, my God. Now, here, now I'm getting out of prison. You know, I'm going to court on this joker. You know, I mean, this is crazy, man. This ain't me at all. I want as far as I can get away from that. Well, and it's interesting that they they had different tactics with different people, right? So right. you were about to get out, so they threatened you with more time. There were other people that had a lot of time left. They went the other way and said, well, we'll give you less time if if you do it. One way or another, they're trying to manip- it sounds like they're trying to manipulate anybody into coming in and giving some testimony to help them close their case. I couldn't tell you. I just, I just knew what I, I had said. You know, I've been like, God dang, man, this is so circumstantial. Why is, you know? So is that is that a fair assessment that they? I get the motivation. Why? And then did you feel that it wasn't going to hurt anything anyway? Right. Especially with three other people disputing it. You know, saying, okay, he he said this, this shit, but he. He, everybody knows, everybody that knows Jamie knows that he's not that kind of guy, which would, even at the worst scenario, I mean, he's just a bragger and he ain't the person that did that, you know, cause mm-hmm. he ain't that guy, you know, he wouldn't even be acting like that if he done, did something like that. And you look at someone that has, you know, done something like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you've been in prison, you know, you know, with someone, they look just like anybody but they get that edge on 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 them you know you know they get that way about them hey jamie don't have that have you been around murderers in your life i've been in prison three that's times. what i mean yeah <laughs> i've been in prison three times well i guess and the reason i say that is because a lot of people listening when you're saying that that edge they don't if you've never been around somebody that yeah that would hurt you for real but you know what that looks talking. like yeah yeah, and that ain't Jamie. That ain't Jamie. Jamie's just a pot-smoking, uh, slick-talking, woman-loving, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's the way Jamie is. Jamie's a ladies' man. Used to be, you know? Right. So did you feel like, fine, I'll go in there, tell the story the state wants me to tell so they don't fuck with me, and exactly. it's not gonna, and nothing's going to happen to Jamie? Yeah. And, and and I really believe that anything at all, even that was said about Jamie, would just be hearsay. Because who am I? I'm already in jail. You know, right. I, I, I'm 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 going to make a deal with the devil. That why would that be? You know, and I'm not saying you know I was with him. You know, I witnessed. So why would this be so relevant? But I I believe that it was relevant because. You know, certain people, you know, they wanted to close the case and right. uh, by any means possible. And I think that uh, the record shows that they don't do very well. And if you don't believe in a blue line, then you really are a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're good. Their job is to make a conviction by any co- means possible. Right. An attaboy or not an attaboy. It's right. either good or no good. So mm-hmm. they provide a service, which is take care of business, just like we provide a service, take care of business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. It's a war. You know, they, 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 they win a lot. And if you underestimate the law, then you're not, you're a fool. <laughs> It's, yeah, I think a lot of people... They manipulate young people, kids. Kids, they, you go in there, you're arrogant, you think you're going to, oh, you're going to say, you know, this and that, you know. Well, come down to it, they're professionals. They turn, they know that manipulation. They know that little trick that you, you're already... Tri- they play that trick on you. You think you're smart? We, You know, they deal with people just like that all the time, you know. Is that how you feel like... You sounds like you went in thinking, I've got them figured out and I'm going to... Yeah, turning my way, but uh, I, it didn't. It didn't end up like that. I ended up with the egg on my face, looking like a crazy. You know, mm-hmm. and I, 
And I really do love Jamie. It's a crazy way to 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 show it, but man, damn. And I I got no problems with with Bill Little's people either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I respect that one hundred percent. Well, that's a I don't want to say the real tragedy because I think what happened to Jamie's a tragedy too. But that's I mean, I don't think the Littles ever got justice. I don't either, man. I don't I, think- and I I believe. You know, if I was their people, man, I would get a rope and I would find out the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a true believer in in karma. Well, that's the the problem with that is anybody. I mean, really a, though, the truth comes out though, doesn't it? I we, mean, you when, hope, you, we hope. when you get the rope out, the truth comes out. Oh, you know, this is what we're gonna do. You know, are you gonna tell the truth or are you not gonna tell the truth? I mean, and the truth. You know, well, Jamie got convicted because they hid the truth, right? So you, what they did to you, I mean, I'm talking about you getting put in seg. Oh, yeah. There were other, several other jailhouse informants. Rats. Yeah. That were also put in seg, but they put you right next I to each other. I was never, ever in uh, protective custody or seg because I didn't, I, I was, you know, in danger. Mm-hmm. I was only in SEG because I, I, I wouldn't go to court. <laughs> right, right, right. I wouldn't want to go to court. So when they took you out of SEG is when you told them you would go to court. That's when they finally moved you out of SEG? Well, they just took took me and processed me. Look, you got shackles on. You got your goddamn shit all uh, locked up. And when they take, say, you're going here instead of Statesville SEG, here's what you do. You get them that shit off as soon as possible after 11 hours of riding around. Mm-hmm. You take that shit off and you shut the fuck up and move forward. <laughs> and that's what I did. Do you regret testifying against Jamie? Yes. What did I've, I've got the documents, but I'll let you explain. What did you do afterwards to try to help him? Anything I could. I know there's two two affidavits. Uh, you know, uh, I got nothing but love for uh, Jamie. I know he's salty. I know that. This situation is dire, and I don't feel like it's fair. So I feel like it's, even if it makes me look bad, you know, I come out of this and maybe bring this stuff to light again. It, it is what it is, you know, trying to do the right thing by him. But, you know, it obviously was his doom. I think that the police used so many of you guys that were in jail for a couple of reasons. Number one, they could put the screws on you. They had you where they needed you. And also, not a lot of guys, from my knowledge, that have been in prison, that were jailhouse informants, are going to come out and do what you're doing right now because they don't want that stigma on them that they were lying on on somebody else. So they kind of have you under your thumb. Right. And what I said was, I felt like what I said was so minimal mm-hmm. that it would just be discarded. But right. it wasn't. It came to the point where they played that game, which put me in court before I got out of prison. And at that moment, my a weakness, I broke the code. How can a man be motivated to break the code of prisoners? Well, it doesn't take much. In Ed's case, he was enticed by the prospect of getting to see his girlfriend and then placed in segregation and threatened with more time just weeks away from his release. As you heard Ed say, under those circumstances, he was ready to make a deal with the devil. Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Mike Bussing is our executive producer and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. All music for the show is created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com who also mixed and mastered this episode. Our Season 7 logo was created by me with assistance from Zach Weaver and Shane Yoder. All of our font across all of our logos and banners was created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. 
Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Natalie Alicia, Pamela Westby, Pam Maples, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigation. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com, or you can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. And for all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter. The show's handle is at TruthJusticePod, and my personal Twitter handle is at BobRuffTruth. And you can even follow Mike at MBussing89. For more personal interactions, feel free to follow me on Instagram at TruthJusticePod. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been truth and justice.